0: All right, ready to go? Yeah. Hey there, I'm James McKimbin. And I'm Dagobert Renouf. And you're listening to This Indie Life. This Indie Life follows the journey of two indie hackers as we navigate the good, the bad and the ugly, attempting to turn our indie hacker dreams into reality. Dago used to run Logology, a logo design product, and has a Twitter course called Dominate Twitter. I run a podcast editing service and a handmade leather wallet side project. In this episode, Dago's got a huge announcement. You might have seen on Twitter, he's closing down his startup logology and getting a job. In this episode, I'm going to read out his whole tweet thread. In this episode, I'm going to read out his whole long tweet, and then we'll discuss why he's making such a big decision. Let's get into it. How how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm in a different position yet again. The podcast booth will be too hot today. I'm actually at my crafting table. I've like got Leather all around me.
1: okay. You call that...
0: (laughs) By the way, I gotta say, like,
1: yesterday I was, you know, out, and because it's summer, and I'm, like, wearing shorts, and it was so cool to have your wallet, because it's so thin. Like, I loved it. It was like, dude, I can just have my phone and my wallet in the same pocket, and it's not even too big. So, that was really cool. So, I really enjoyed the wallet, you know, I got from you, like, at least six months ago now. So that's awesome.
0: Thanks, man. Well, yeah, I've been enjoying doing the wallets recently. And it's been the one bit of income I can sort of increase and decrease with the amount of work I put into it. And when I get a sale, I get really excited. I've made a few sales for Father's Day. It's been good fun. But aside from that, I'm just trying to just do any work because we've got a recording that I'm yet to publish. And you keep messaging me like, James, I want to post these tweets. I want to announce this stuff. But can you post the episode we recorded a few weeks ago? And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, Dago. I'll post it. I'll post it on Friday. And you're like, yeah, James, that's great. Thank you, mate. I really appreciate it. So I can put my tweets out. So people can have like context. That's the stupid thing. That's my mistake. So we've got that episode where you were sort of talking about where your headspace is. But you've just done this Twitter blog.
1: You know, the long tweet. now, they have long tweets. It's my first time trying a long tweet. So that's a long tweet, basically. You can do up to 5K characters.
0: Yeah, and it's quite a huge announcement for you. And I really enjoyed how you wrote it. So I wondered if you wanted to read it out or I'll read it out for you.
1: Oh, you want to read it out? It's so fucking long. I don't know. But yeah, I took a long time writing it. I think it's a cool piece
0: of writing. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you that you read it. That's awesome. So this was Dago's tweet... After sort of months of reflection, my wife and I decided to give up on our startup logology. It was a tough decision to make, especially after spending five years and almost all of our savings to bootstrap it. But the reality is, despite our best efforts, we never found a way to grow beyond survival profitability. Sure, we had some big wins, and I'm proud that we brought it to 3k revenue per month and 5k a month from your Twitter course. But the cost of living and running a business in France is barely enough to survive. And now because our product doesn't have any recurring revenue, we have to find 100 plus new customers each month. This puts us under massive pressure. We thought of trying to switch to a recurring revenue model and invest in SEO. But with the uncertainty caused by AI, both for acquiring customers and designing logos, we didn't feel confident it would be enough. We could also try and raise money and hire a couple of people to offload some of the pressures. But after five years of fighting, we're exhausted, out of motivation and out of money. So we decided it's better to call it quits. I feel ashamed not to be one of the successful founders I see on Twitter every day. I feel stupid that all the time and money that was spent wasn't enough to make it. I also feel silly for celebrating that we reached profitability a few months ago. And then a few months later, it was already back below survival level. I stopped tweeting these past few weeks because I feel like a loser and a failure. I'm afraid people will lose interest in me if I stop sharing motivating tweets. But at some point, I had to face the truth that I just can't do it anymore. Last February, I suffered massive burnout. My heart rate started going crazy every time I stood up. I had to lay in bed for weeks and it was so bad, I thought it was long COVID. Now I'm able to walk again, but I need to take it slow and monitor my heart rate for random spikes throughout the day. The burnout also triggered a problem with my eyes. For the past month, I get dazzled by bright lights like computer screens or traffic lights. Even just a sunny day is difficult to handle. I went to the eye doctor and they said spending so much time looking at screens without without rest eventually damaged my eyes. And I'll need to wear glasses to see normally again. Destroying my health like this was not what I envisioned when we decided to bootstrap a startup five years ago. Our dream was to build a useful product, make a living on our own terms and help other founders do the same. We were idealistic and thought having a good idea and working hard was enough to succeed. But competing in the crowded logo niche mean we also struggled to make ends meet from the day we launched. We also made some bad strategic decisions, which meant we had to overwork constantly just to stay above the water. We didn't have time for hobbies, fun, or even romantic time with each other anymore. We spent every waking hour worrying about how to get our next customer. In the rare vacations we took, we couldn't relax because we kept thinking about it every single day. Somewhere on the way to chasing our dreams, we got lost. Instead of trying to live the life we wanted, we started sacrificing everything we cared about just to reach success at any cost. The burnout I had was a wake-up call that we can't keep going on like this. The glasses I will wear forever remind me of the limits of my body. So that's why we're making this drastic change. My wife will keep running the site while she figures out what to do next. She might simply go back to designing custom logos like before. So if you need one, hit her up at Lucy. Barrett. It starts with 3K, but she's one of the best in the biz. On my end, I decided to go back to a job. I never thought I'd do this, but I really need to put a stop to the crazy hours and constant financial pressure. I hope working on product without having to worry about money will make work enjoyable again. I think someday I'll come back to building startups, but for now, I have no motivation for it. I need time to recover and live a simpler, simpler life for a while. Now, even though it's a difficult time, there's one positive thing I'd like to mention. When I was at my lowest, dozens of friends I made on Twitter supported me. I exchanged DMs with many founders who gave me insights, perspective, and made it 10 times easier to find a way out. Having followers is nice, but when I hit rock button and stopped tweeting, it wasn't worth much. However, the friends I made along the way had my back, and it made a difference. So I want to say thank you to everyone who supported me during this tough time. You truly are the best part of this journey. I'll be back with new tweets soon. Lots of lessons I want to share. Love you all. Dago, what a fucking lovely, lovely thread.
1: Yeah, I think it's not. it wasn't that hard to write. It was more like about being so transparent. That was more like the hard part. But like, yeah, you know, because I, I started writing it like 10 days ago. Mm. I wrote it for like two hours and then I stopped. And then I just started writing it again yesterday. So I basically spent only like probably four hours or five hours on it. But it was mostly about the process of like... Okay, I'm just going to like say everything. Because, you know, I had stopped using Twitter for like a month and then I came back and I was shocked to see that all you see on fucking Twitter, on startup Twitter, is like people sharing success. Yeah. You know, and I don't blame them. It's awesome to share when you have success. You know, obviously nothing wrong with that. But like, it's as like, as a whole, there's only that. And I have many friends who, who like, they open Twitter, they see that and, like, oh, fuck this. And they leave. Because like, it's just, it's just like, first of all it's not really useful even though it's cool but like over time it's just like you know you overdose on so i thought you know it would be awesome you know if someone shared about failures you know especially that i have an audience so i thought you know it would be cool to share about you know really like shit like okay this is you know shit situation like it's like health problems like and fear and all that and feeling like shit and I actually now, you know, I told you like months ago I was gonna do Dago season two with my tweets. Yeah. And back then I did and it was a bit a bit different. But now I'm like, okay, this is a real season two, like I'm just gonna stop tweeting all the shit I was tweeting about, and I have like thirty drafts of tweets about mistakes. Like it's just gonna be mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. Cause I feel like there's so much success shit it would be more interesting to have someone share mistakes 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 you know what I learned all the things I did wrong I did that already but like now be even more like uh, focused on that
0: Mm -hmm. it's a bloody hard thing to do what you've done like step away to stop something that you've dedicated so much of your life to like do do you think you could have stopped it sooner or was it the burnout that oh
1: it was the burnout and even for Lucy the fact that I burned out was like a wake-up call to her. Basically, we realized we've been in denial for like at least two years. And I think you need some denial at some point, or at least I think it can be useful. Like if you have like six months of denial, well, you just like fake it till you make it, you know? There's something to that. But we just like way too long, uh, you know, way too much time in denial about how good we were doing. And I think the tricky thing is because I was on Twitter, I was having good feedback, I was having interactions, I was networking. It felt like we were moving things. And so like it could kind of like give credit to, I mean, give like, you know, substance to the denial and feel like, yeah, we're going somewhere. Now we could convince ourselves. And because I was like successful on Twitter, it could be backed up by other people who thought we were successful. So it was kind of like even harder to, you know, to let go of that.
0: And you, there's a line in here that I find interesting. Destroying my health like this was not my envision when we decided to bootstrap a startup five years ago. Our dream was to build a useful product, making a living on our own terms and help other founders do the same. We were idealistic and thought having a good idea and working hard was enough to succeed. And I think many founders could fall into this trap that just you oh, can yeah. work, like outwork. <laughs> well, like, who's to say it's a good idea or a bad idea? The market ultimately dictates that but just working hard and thinking you can outwork
1: i think it's like it doesn't matter like it's not like the i mean it does matter like it's not gonna change the trajectory like good idea and working hard like because that's one of the lessons i'm gonna want to share is like all that matters is that is it a good business that's like that's what matters like and that means Is there demand? Are customers paying for it enough? Can you acquire customers at a good enough cost? Like all the boring shit, all the things that we don't want to look at, all the shit that is not, you know, the fantasy of like building a cool product and being successful. But like that's the fundamental. And once you have that, then within that space that you found, like if you found a good niche or like a good market, then you can start, okay, do I have a good idea? And do I find a problem? And then I need to work hard. But like, if you, if you don't start from like the boring shit, if you just start, oh, that would be so cool if there was a new AI copywriting <laughs> tool, let me work on that, you know? And you don't look at competition, you don't look at like the risks, you don't look at all the boring shit. Because when you build a, your own company, you're like always vulnerable. Like, even if you like succeed, it can all go down in like three months, even if yep. you're like super high. So, like, when you're not, it's even worse. But like, it's never over. So, like, you need a good business. Because like the reason we failed and we got exhausted and I burned out is that we're constantly swimming against the fact that it's not a good business to be in. Yeah. So, we're always like, you know, overworking. And, you know, you know me, I did work hard. Like, I, you cannot you, you, blame me for not working hard. So, like, I really tried my best. Yeah. But, you know, I couldn't win.
0: You also said, somewhere on the way to chasing our dreams, we got lost. Instead of trying to live the life we wanted, we started sacrificing everything we cared about just to reach success at any cost. I think so many founders fall into this trap of having a dream, of wanting to build a better life for themselves, and they end up being unhappier. And I definitely fall into this. Okay. Definitely. I I feel objectively far more unhappy now and the way my life is going than I okay. did, than I did when I was working a full-time job. I'm not better off financially, despite like my income being five, wow, 10 times more. Wow, I didn't more. know that,
1: that's interesting. Yeah, I, I would. Even with like, cause I know you, you're like, you were afraid of like going back to a full-time job in part because if I remember correctly, you were afraid of like the pressure of like the 40 hour work week and because you had burned out in the past, you really didn't want to have anything to do with that. So, so knowing that that you still like feel like you're unhappy or now, that's like, oh shit, I didn't like. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, and I, I've been thinking about it a lot, like with, with you getting a job now. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, what would that look like for me if if I was to get a job? But I think I would hate it even more because I. Like, this is always what I strive for, right, was to work for myself on my own terms. And I I can pretty much do that, but I'm unhappy because I can't get myself to do a lot of the work. I always want more. My lifestyle has just increased, so I need to do more to be able to... Yeah, you're still in that loop. And because I changed from marketing, which was my career, to now doing podcasting, I don't feel employable (laughs) for marketing anymore and i don't know what kind of job i will get podcasting and i also worry that i will really struggle when it gets to working for someone else like on and disagreeing
1: and like yeah
0: because i yeah i disagree with my clients let alone like an actual boss who is paying me for their time Mm, um yeah
1: that's the shitty part yeah
0: yeah i like that's something i gotta work on as a As a person. And it's funny, my my old boss, Dago, literally an hour before you posted this, sent me a message (laughs) saying, do I want to come back and work for her? Oh. Yeah, but... is there a part of you that does want that? God no, like a hundred percent no. Okay, she,
1: <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, no, she, 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 she's no. awesome.
0: She's she's awesome, and we're gonna meet up and go to the pub and That's get ready. That's
1: too drunk. late, dude. That's too late. <laughs> you can't you can't go come back on that.
0: <laughs> God no. <laughs> I didn't immediately say no. I said, "What sort of stuff are you looking for?" And she said, oh, digital SEO content, like dealing with client stuff." I'm like, N- "No, boring shit." Not. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I charge so much for what I do now. I, I wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't be able to pay <laughs> what I would charge and I wouldn't be able to do a good job at what they're asking. Okay. So now now I feel like stuck even if I wanted to go back to a job, which I don't. Okay, so there's something,
1: you know, for the five years I we did that with my wife, there's a couple of times where I looked back, okay, if I go back to a job, what would it look like? And because I used to be a developer, I looked at developer jobs every time. And... I think what helped me also this time is I'm like, I don't want to be a developer. I just want to be like doing product. And I did some research and I found this job that I didn't know existed, which is product manager, which is the job I'm going to do now. Mm. And this made me more excited. So you make a bit less money than a dev, but it was finally, oh shit, I'm going to be, you know, basically they call this job the CEO of product. So it's like basically doing a start, like working on a product, which I love. So speaking to customers, defining, you know, the features, the strategy, working with the devs, which is easy for me, cause you know, I, I am a dev. Working with designers, which is also easy for me cause I am also a designer. And like, you just like make everything, like you basically the CEO of the product. There's no better description. And, and once I found that, I was like, shit, that looks cool. That looks interesting like you know i was bored of being a developer cuz you have so little control you're just here to execute shit yeah. and i was like wow with that i could have some control and then i found you know that you know i could do it at a small startup you know something you know something that a small startup that's growing and where i would have even more you know kind of influence on the product and not like at a huge company where you just product manager at big companies they just handle like one feature which is the most boring shit but like <laughs> if you do it at a small startup, you can really oversee the product and focus on growing it. So I thought, oh, that's exciting. I'm going to look into that, you know. So, you know, maybe that's why. Maybe you need to job shop and like look if maybe there's a role that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. How how, how do you feel about the whole thing? Are you feeling relief, sadness, the regret?
1: No regret. I mean, I feel like, I feel stupid because i'm like dude two years ago we should have done this and that and you know obviously
0: hindsight is a wonderful thing you can always <laughs> reflect back and yeah. decide what you should have done it's, two years yeah, ago it's like with...
1: bittersweet yeah yeah so yeah not really useful Ex like it depends like sometimes i'm excited it's not about the job itself like the job itself sounds exciting you know i'm gonna be like because i found a nice company i think i'm gonna go work for them so that that sounds exciting but it's more that I'm afraid of losing the lifestyle. That's very scary. Because, like five years of like no alarm clock is like amazing.
0: But bro, you worked eighty hours. Like you, you yeah, can I know. Have a that's, why I say, that's why I said.
1: That's why I said. Like you know, yeah. I'm gonna work like in France. It's like the standard is, like thirty five. Yeah. So that's like lowest shit standard. I mean so your
0: your lifestyle was literally killing yourself for five years and then (laughs) burning out like basically
1: i'm I'm gonna work the same time than when i was basically on vacation (laughs) (laughs) that's basically what's gonna happen (laughs) you know and i said that to the ceo of the of the startup and he and he kind of like okay cool yeah but like it's still like it's like it's kind of like an illusion it's like i convince myself that it's like i mean there's there's something to that like i feel more free I feel like I have no constraint, even though at the end of the day, I suffer from it, kind of like you said earlier, you're you're more miserable, but you're kind of like, still in kind of like a comfort zone, weirdly, even though it's less comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. So, like, when I think of the job itself, and the company, and the projects I'm going to be working on, I'm like, oh shit, I have so many ideas, I'm going to kill it, it's going to be awesome. You know, I'm really excited, but like, it's more like, the fact that I'm gonna have a job, the fact that I'm gonna be you know kind of stuck five days a week having to do this for this these these guys and not for
0: myself, yeah, so that's very scary that's very intimidating well, it sounds like you're excited for it, and I think having some like separation between work and life and what you do to enjoy yourself, I think it's smart i I'm curious to see how it goes for you. Do, do you have like a start date?
1: Yeah, like next week.
0: Next week? Oh, awesome.
1: Well, like, you know, it's a trial period. Like, so it's for both parties. So I don't know. I, I really think it's going to be awesome. But, you know, I've
0: bootstrapped a startup, so I know to curb my enthusiasm. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think it's, or it's interesting to see the different stages of someone's life. And yeah. when something doesn't go right, changing it and like for me i'm trying to change stuff so things get better and i am happier and i build the life that i want and i can see you doing that too you're not happy or
1: you just said the opposite
0: i'm not but i'm trying to find out how i can fix it okay what i can do like part of this podcast from the very start has been trying to figure out how We can both, like, build the life we want. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think we should keep
1: doing it, like, uh,
0: definitely. Yeah, dude. I'm super curious to see how you find...
1: Oh, yeah, next recording is going to be fun. Yeah, because I'm like, so what does it feel like having stand-up at 9 a.m. day (laughs) go?
0: Oh, God. Well, there's something to be said about being... Part of something rather than a solo founder. Oh okay. I, I, you, you had Lucy, but I, I like I feel completely alone with a lot of stuff. And even when you're working with clients, it's it's like one step removed. And I was speaking to Colleen Shetner, who like has like stair stepped into indie hacking. And she first started something solo. She's now joined up with a co-founder to build their current project. And she said, my goodness, it is a hundred times better working with a co-founder, someone you can bounce off when you've both got the same amount of, both got the same amount on the line. You're both working towards a goal. You can bounce ideas off each other. Yeah, that's, that's way better. But like, I think with Lucy and I, it
1: still felt kind of solo because like, you know, we were lacking a lot of like business skills and it's just husband and wife. I think we should have, I mean, again, next time I'm doing it with like at least one other person that is completely different from us. And I think that's what is going to be cool with this job. And that's why I wanted it in Paris. Is like, because I'm not going to move to the States to do a startup. I'm going to stay in France. So like, mm. I'd like to find co-founders who live here, you know, potentially. So I'm going to be happy to like be networking and meet a ton. Because like, I, I might have like a lot of Twitter followers, but like in France, I'm like, I don't have a lot of network in France, almost no, nothing.
0: Oh, I'm going to your country next week.
1: You're finally coming to visit me or no?
0: Not coming to visit, yeah. I'm Dude,
1: you couldn't visit me because your car broke down and we had said that this recording should be done in person, but you completely bailed on me and abandoned me and betrayed me, and now you're coming to my country. Explain
0: not so client is sending me to the can line festival it 's like an advertising festival it 's going to be a really intense week because we've we've got like six recordings booked in, and I did a recording the other day, Dago, and my camera's broke like basically what 's happening is it just stops recording after about ten minutes um, oh. and i've been troubleshooting and I had a recording yesterday it happened again. And I was like, shit, we've got like our most intense week of recording and my camera, maybe cameras have broken and I need to sort it out. So I've like been trying to see if I can get a replacement without paying any money, but it looks like I'm going to have to spend £5,000 buying new cameras, which I definitely don't have at the moment.
1: There's no warranty, they're too old.
0: Yeah, no. What warranty? So I'm going through the warranty, but it's gonna be weeks because I've got like oh, send it okay. off okay. So you, you get They've fucked got because you lose it. the.
1: Okay. Oh shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was bad timing, and Fuck. like, g- given how I was, how I'm feeling, I just when it happened, it was just pure frustration.
1: And you know, that's one of the things about indie hacking or like freelancing or having your own companies. Like when you or something like that happens, it just hurts you. Like, you just, like, maybe lost 5K. Like, it's just, like, bam. Like, when you have a job, something happens. Doesn't matter. Like, your boss is going to pay for it or, like, whatever's going to happen. But nothing. Like, it's
0: not going to hurt you. I I feel like every time I get in a good position, I get knocked down by something. It's usually financial. So, I had this. That's going to set me back. I got my tax bill through. I don't know if we spoke about that last episode. But that was, like, 6,000 pounds. So it's like every time I get myself in a good position, it's like, right, you've got to pay all, all this stuff.
1: I mean, it, it, that's what I said earlier. Like, it's never over. You always have to hustle, always have to fight. You can rest for like three months tops, but then you have to go
0: back in. Cool, man. All right, well, let's wrap it up here. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Indie Life. Hope you enjoyed this huge announcement from dago the outpouring of support on dago's tweet has been absolutely lovely and we're grateful to have such a supportive community we're going to still keep up this podcast it may be a little less frequent but we're going to see how dago is enjoying his new life as an employed person but for now he's going to enjoy his last week of unemployment and we'll see you in the next episode when i have
1: my glasses we can play fifa again because i still want to you know whip your ass but like i cannot
0: literally i don't watch tv anymore like so like i can't do that i mean the lengths you go to to have an excuse for being
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah